Hello, everybody. Welcome to King and Cold Ones, a podcast dedicated to reading works of Stephen King. And yes, you guessed it, drinking beers. I'm your co-host, John, and joined with me is my trusty co-host, Gina. What's up, Daug? Hey. How's, How's everybody going? doing? I'm doing a little bit better now. So, uh, we were Poor supposed John. To, we were supposed to do this last weekend, but uh, I went ahead and I got the COVID. Took you long enough. Took It's my first official time getting it, first time I've tested positive for it. G- great time. We're Very great to have. We're so glad to have you back. I'm glad to, glad to be back. It did uh, suck for two days, and then the rest. It was just annoying, like an annoying cold. But yes, uh, first two days were pretty rough. It was like The Walking Dead. Yes, you can't even like. I couldn't even like read a book. I was just just kind of existing. It feels with, like a hangover. Yeah, it really. It, it felt it like a weird feel good. hangover. Yeah, hangover with a cold. Yeah, so good times. Uh, <laughs> hoping, uh, hoping I don't get it again. But uh, the worst is over. The worst is over. Knock on wood, all that good stuff. All right. So today we're doing the first uh, King book of the 80s. It's Firestarter. Came out on the button in 1980. Uh, The story follows Andy McGee and his daughter Charlie on the run from a government agency called The Shop. The Shop is uh, interested in capturing and studying the two due to their psionic abilities. I think that's the correct way of saying it. Andy got the psychic abilities from participating in an experiment with the shop involving a drug called Lot 6, which is pretty much LSD. So, little little overview of the book. Gee, this was your first time reading it, correct? Yes, and I've never seen the movie. I do know that there's a newer one, right? And there's an older version of the movie with maybe Drew Barrymore. Yes. That I've seen pictures of, but I've never seen it. You kind of get the gist mm-hmm. from the cover, but... You know, yeah i I read this a few years ago. Actually, not not that long. I, I probably read it like four four years ago. I want to say when I heard they were remaking the movie, and I never saw the new movie because I heard it's kind of not great. I feel like that's the way with most of them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Most of the things that they make, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I was fun. F- not fun fact. I, don't know <laughs> I was listening to the soundtrack to the new movie today, which is music by John Carpenter. I'm always into that shit. Ooh. It's very it's synthy stuff. Yeah, like the Halloweeny music. So was it that, enjoyable? It was. That's very good. So maybe I'll just watch the movie just for the music. We'll, yeah. We'll see. But so this is your first time reading it. Do you have starter thoughts? That was it. A enjoyable read. Not great. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. Th- I think you kind of told me there was going to be a slow, slow couple chapters. I mean, there was obviously stuff that was like more annoying to get through. The whole being stuck in the prison kind of thing for. Uh, Yeah, but it still wasn't that bad because I was I I was anxious to see what would happen. I guess some of the stuff with like Captain Wanless and all. I don't know. We will get into it. But yeah, I didn't. I, I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was good. I thought, yeah, I think I was a little rough on it when we the, the, when we finished the last podcast we did. I think I was a little down on it. I think I liked it more this time. Um, the whole being stuck in the jail thing isn't as long as I thought it was. I, dude, I my thought on it was, there's no way this guy wouldn't have fought harder to get out of this. Yeah, that's it, you're kind of. Um, Andy's kind of lame for, yeah, for a little bit. He, it, yeah, it take, well, I mean, he is on drugs or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. probably, they put him on all these heavy drugs. So I'm sure that had a huge effect, but. 
it's hard for you to kind of root for him at that point. Yeah, I was uh, I was yeah. kind of annoyed at him. Yeah, honestly. So uh, I did minimal background bullshit uh, studying investigation. <laughs> so I saw King did uh, an interview of, I guess last year maybe because to, to kind of promote the new movie. So does he like the new movie? That's he, what I want to know. He says he like he does this thing where like he'll say he'll like something like a new movie. Yeah. Like for the lead up and then like a year after he's like yeah actually it wasn't that good uh, like, i he, mean does he, he get money i mean he, oh, gets, he gets money he right? gets money every time so it's kind of i mean he doesn't need any more money no so that's kind of lame like for instance there, there's a new um pet cemetery prequel coming out on paramount plus and he gave his stamp of approval like last week but in a year or so we'll see if he still I'll likes see, it yeah if he but disagrees. You know, the checks still come in. Maybe he's still a fan. Jeez. Uh, so this, uh, the interview I read was with Vanity Fair uh, by Anthony Bresnikan. That guy is like, he's become like the king correspondent over the past like <laughs> 10, 15 years. Um, but he, d- he gets into like a little bit of the background of the, like the inspiration for the book. So interestingly, or m- maybe not too surprising, uh, King did a bunch of LSD in college inspired him to write this book he thought what if the governments gave lsd or something similar and it actually worked like in an experiment to college kids and what if like it did unlock some kind of abilities um also king said it was at the height of his not trusting the government so i think he wrote this book probably the late 70s so there's the shadow of vietnam and Mm -hmm. all that not great stuff so also, just never trust the government. They're they're always out the fuck you. Yeah. They're listening right now. They are listening right now. Also, Bresnikan does cite some actual New York Times articles where, like, this like happened where the CIA was giving um, funding experiments where they were giving LSD to to students. And there, I forget the is is it called MK Ultra? The name of the there's like a there's like a semi famous like project called MK Ultra. I think where. It's pretty much this, where they're giving LSD wow. to people to see like what kind of effects it would have on them. And, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's I, I, Maybe that's well known, but I never heard that, and that's crazy. I, I, I'm not an expert on it at all, but I think it pretty much, seeds of this are true. And this is also pretty much, this is where Stranger Things gets like half of their inspiration, Dude, I feel like, I, is from... This book. You literally stole my thing. Cause Sorry. When I, well, the other thing is I just – I've watched Stranger Things. I just started watching it again with Emmy. Hmm. And I was like – Oh, she's <laughs> is, is it a little scary for her? Is she okay? She likes it. Okay. She's my um, six-year-old, but my eight-year-old was like running scared. Yeah. But no, we started watching this again, and I'm, I'm thinking in my head, who does this remind me of? Obviously, mm-hmm. like this character, Charlie – Reminds me of like Carrie a little bit, mm-hmm. and who else? I mean, but but yes, the the, the girl from Stranger Things, Eleven. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, that's who she's because you know her when she does something and her nose bleeds and see she's really trying. I'm just thinking, wow, they're similar. I've the, not seen Eleven start fires though, so yeah, know. it's it, yeah, it's like different psychic abilities, and the Duffer Brothers are pretty upfront with like. Yeah, you know, we pretty much cribs from Stephen King and Steven Spielberg and a bunch of other John Carpenter. Um, you, like the font of Stranger Things is like the font in the classic '80s. I love that books. You can definitely tell. Yeah. With the um, it, 
They always reminded me of the Goonies too. Was that Richard Donner? Mm-hmm. Something yeah. about that pack of friends. Yeah, the group of friends. Like, like, I can completely see that. You have like, you know, there's like the chubbyish one who's actually not that chubby, but, and you know, they're quirky, goofy kids. They're geeky. I love them. So what what season are you currently on? Well, we're still in season one with Emmy. I've seen okay. them all myself. You saw them all. Yeah, and I enjoyed them. I love the 80s vibes, just like this book. We're in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Love the 80s vibes. Um, so yeah, I love Stranger Things. You know, Vecna and I, like, I'm one with Vecna right now. <laughs> I'm feeling that vibe. So Vecna was, uh, I love how, <laughs> I love the look of Vecna, and I love how it's not all CG stuff. It's like, that's yeah. a dude in a suit. Oh, and there's things moving around. There's things in a moving. Suit. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. What? <coughs> and Excuse the guy, um, I don't know. I don't, I shouldn't even be getting Jamie, Stranger Things. Jamie just, Bauer. He is freaking Campbell? looking. Jamie, Jamie Campbell, yeah. Okay. He is freaky looking in, in real life. Something about the, like, I would be afraid of him. They, he looks they, all innocent, but. They did a great job of um, when he's like kind of the orderly person, they made him look very kind of sweet and nice. I didn't buy but it, John. That turn, though, that turn when she takes the uh, device out of his neck, he looks evil, like automatic. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But it's his eyes, I think. He has great, like, spooky eyes. I can yeah. definitely see in anybody the eyes, the eye mm. factor. I don't know. This is now a Stranger Things podcast. I'm sorry. Te- Teeny will be very upset. I got distracted. Yeah, you got to do... Did you ever do a Stranger Things? We di- So it was really funny. We we did season one, and we planned on kind of doing... all. It was right before season four came out. So we're like, all right, maybe we'll just do the whole series leading up to four, and then shit happened, and we didn't get yeah. to it. So yes. maybe we'll get back to it. We'd have to do two, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to be on for any of those. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. You guys are the experts, though. I'm only watching it for the second time now, so. She, Teeny's a big rewatcher of stuff, so we yeah. just, it's like comfort to her, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and this, I feel like the show is comforting in general. There's some, like, really funny characters. So, yeah, I don't know if it compares to Firestarter. There's def- yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some elements. But, yeah, she definitely reminds me, Charlie definitely reminds me of Eleven. I can see the influence, so. Yeah, I, I like the I like the Charlie character. Now, reading this, uh, I, I don't have children, but you happen to have two of these yes. uh, little kids. Do they? Yes. Could, I, I was reading this. I'm like, I wonder how Gina would deal with uh, two fire starters. <laughs> like, was that like a nightmare for like picturing that what your kids would do with uh, fire starting powers? Well, I felt bad when Charlie would. I, I, I'm trying to remember the scene that it was, but members of the shop, they were in hiding at one point, and members of the shop they could see coming up the driveway of the place that they were hiding out at. And um, then they confronted her and her dad. And I kept thinking when she started her thing where she was trying to defend them and she started a fire or whatever. It was a fire and a bunch of other things. But then she didn't know where to put it. Yeah, Yeah. And I just think, yeah, kids, they get really fired up about something before taking the time. I mean, I do too. It's yeah. like we're not thinking I, rationally and I don't, we don't know ra- what we're doing. I, I don't think rationally, so... Uh, I really don't want to upset. How can I expect like a child with uh, fire-starting powers to exactly. think rationally? It's like she was never allowed to use the power. Mm. She was always taught that it was mm-hmm. bad, and then she didn't... So she didn't know how to harness it. So, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, it's scary with kids that have big emotions. And I would be terrified 
if my kids had this power. It's like uh, you'd want to stay on their good side all the time. It's it, like what Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is like that. What's the, that episode of Twilight Zone uh, with the a, kid? It's a, it's a good life, I think, oh, with uh, scary. Anthony. Oh, Anthony was. Wish me into the cornfield, Anthony. Wish me into the cornfield. Mm-hmm. That is the freakiest episode, besides the airplane one, obviously. But that one's good. Yeah, I, I, lo- yeah. I love. Oh, that, that one sticks out in my head because I'm like. Evil children? Is there anything more scary? I wonder if that's like, is that the start of the evil child trope? Probably not, but that's a good yeah. early example. Yeah, of when one. was, was, when what was is the, the first one? What were the original, when were the original twi- Twilight, when so, did they come out? Uh, the first season, I believe, debuted in 59. Okay. So, a long time ago. I um, mean,. The bad, like, when was the bad seed? Like, that's a, yeah, that's, that's yeah. like another like classic. Yeah, like, bad I love kid that. The bad thing. seed always. She's so angelic. Rhoda was so Rhoda, in, Rhoda. so angelic. Even had a wholesome little name. She was like a blonde little girl with pigtails. She looked like the female version of Dennis the Menace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I guess the same kind of vibe. But then she uh, burned up. Uh, what's she his, went a step too far. Yeah, she burned up the homeless guy. Or, yeah, that was living in like the basement just, of the apartment complex. Yeah, poor guy. She she. Push someone off a pier and stole their ribbon. Stole a metal or is a or ribbon. Metal, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. What a sick and twisted individual. That's a it's a pretty solid movie. That actually is a good Yeah, that's a that might be a good choice. That could be a good one. So anyway, right. evil children. Jot that one down. Evil um, children in cinema and literature. We enjoy. Yeah, I wonder. I'll have to start. I'll, like, when's the first? Hey, evil maybe kid? you should do a compilation of all. Yeah, like the, bad, like the, the the good son. Children. Oh, oh yeah, the Macaulay, good son. Culkin, children of the corn. Children of the corn. Uh, what else? King, oh, there's King so Connection. Many. The Omen. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one's my bugaboo. Favorite. <laughs> yeah, like I can't like Satan stuff. Yeah, it it is. Because it weirdly yeah. seems plausible, even though it's fucking. It's probably fantastical, so but. much like hocus pocus, but it still freaks me out. I've been programmed. Good. So good stuff though. So I don't know. But yeah, she's an interesting character and I like the premise for the book. I like it. it's kind of the sci fi kind of thing. Kinda of reminds me of the X Men. I'm a I'm a big geek. So That's true. You know, kids that can't control their powers. That John, you're so right. Yeah. Wow. Making the connections here. I think I'm trying to think. I think the X Men would have come out before this book. I'd have to double check that, but yeah, no, they definitely would have because this was eighty, right? Yeah, okay, so maybe King was inspired a little bit. See from uh, yeah, from good old Marvel. That makes sense to me. All right, shall we dive into the the plot? Let's do it. So I kind of like how this opens because uh, I can use a very pretentious term. It starts in media res, which <laughs> is like in the middle of the action or whatever, where Charlie and Andy are on the run in New York. I like the opening because you're like, okay, why are these two on the run? Why is right. the government chasing them? What the fuck's going on? It kind of like, it does. What could they have possibly, what could this dad have done? Did he steal like government information? Is he like a spy or whatever? Um, yeah, I don't know. Good, good. I like the, like you feel like the tension and the anxiety right away. You know, we don't need any more anxiety, but we yeah, got it. <laughs> with like our actual lives, we don't need it anymore. But. It's like a nightmare you can't escape from. Uh, it, like we're in Andy's head already and he's, he, he's complaining about headaches and shit. And, we're like, and we okay, don't know why he has these headaches. We know that headaches? he doesn't have a lot of money. Doesn't have any money. Why does this guy not have money? And where can he go? These people are chasing him. Where can he go to get out of sight? So he goes, uh, 
airport? He, he gets a cab, um, and he tells the cab to take them to the airport. We get a glimpse of his powers, though, because I think he only has, like, a dollar bill, and he convinces the cabbie that it's, like, $100 or something yeah. like that. So, okay, shit, mind <laughs> powers. And the, ca- the cabbie buys it, takes him to the airport. Yes. But we find out that, so there's a trade-off, though. Andy can use this pretty awesome power, but it fucks up his head. We don't know exactly what's happening to him, but it's, we kind of, it's like fucking brain hemorrhages. Yeah, we get the sense that if he does this too much, it will eventually kill him. I mean, I don't know if I got that sense right away. I just got, you just know that it like weakens him or whatever. But that did come about. Yeah. In time. And they get to the airports, and of course, Charlie's not, you know, she's she's freaking out as anyone would do. She knows her dad's all fucked up from using the power. And Andy's like, well, it's your turn, kid. You have to use your power. And right away, she's hesitant. Because having raised Charlie, they've raised her to not, they call it the bad thing, I think, or something similar to that. So they don't want her to use her powers. Not sure if they even called them that. But they taught her when she would do something with her mind that it would be bad. They kind of, like, compared it to, like, potty training. Like, yeah. Don't piss your pants. Don't uh, negative don't start, reinforcement. Don't start fires with your brain. But, yeah. Uh, don't hurt your mommy. Yeah. With fire. Can you imagine control, having to control a baby? No. That that's might not, get, baby gets pissed off. It's not fed it, quick enough, and then starts a fire. It sounds impossible. Like, How they it, get through that period it, of time? <laughs> honestly. That might be the most impossible part of the book. Yeah. Like I buy the abilities, but not them uh, exploding before. You know. They say that we don't use a part of our a large part of our brain, right? They do say that. I mean, I might be. I'm no <coughs> medical expert. Yeah, we can unlock but, some kind of uh, X Men powers. I like. Yeah, do. I mean, there's still potential for us. Maybe not yeah. for me specifically. <laughs> it's the X-Men, Everyone the, else, the next step in evolution. <laughs> uh, so Ch- Charlie reluctantly she uses her powers to like steal quarters and shit out of. Um, Payphones? Payphones. Couldn't think of the word payphone. Remember those? Or, yeah, they don't really exist anymore. Isn't that crazy? And uh, what happened? She accidentally she sets, sets fire to some dude's shoes. Pants? Okay, shoes. Or pants. Something, something I like that. I don't know. I know someone's on fire and it causes a ruckus. So. Then they get out of there again, right? They get out of there again and they, they settle in a hotel where Andy like pretty much passes out mm-hmm. from like a headache. They have to pay in cash. And shop agents are after them. They're like investigating the airport and, uh oh, a fire started there. That's kind of weird. And so these shop agents, I, they, they do give them names. Uh, I think one guy's like named OJ or something, which I thought oh. was weird. But they are kind of, they sort of are faceless. Like they're just government assholes. Yeah. Right. You just know that there's a lot of them. Think of um, The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. That's it is what I like think a, of. It is kind of like The Matrix. Mr. Anderson. And they also portray the government and the shop in particular as like, they're kind of stupid. But like, there's the, the, one. St- <laughs> it's hard though. They eventually catch up like every time. They do. Yeah, they're effective at like hunting. But like, like Charlie and Andy do get away several times. And it's weird. It's like they're incompetent. I guess. Yeah, I just don't get why they left them for like. I'm, I don't know. I don't get why they left them so long for Charlie to get to age, what is she, age seven? Seven or eight. Yeah, seven, yeah. seven, I think. I am just wondering why they let, if they wanted, I guess they wanted to see what she would do on her own, but. 
seems like a long, they're, they've always been a flight risk then. They, so, didn't, they didn't even know they were. So yeah, like, I forget, I already forget if we talked about the soft mic or not. So like leading up to this, like they lived in relative, the family. Yeah, like uh, suburbia. Suburbia. They lived in relative peace for several years. Right. Andy and Vicky, who participated, who participated in this experiment uh, involving the lot six. Um, to make like 200 bucks or something in college. They had no idea about the repercussions yeah. or that they would be basically tracked for years. Like their phones are tapped for years. And they always feel like that there's eyes on them, but they can't quite. Right. And Vicky has, she develops like kind of low level telekinesis. Um, Andy, we said, has what they call the push, which is like mental manipulation or whatever. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I would love to have that ability in so many situations. You want to give me this pizza for free? Uh, literally, you know? I would be like, work is canceled, work is canceled, work <laughs> is canceled. Oh, yeah, I get free. I want money still. <laughs> yeah, like free yeah. stuff, yeah. And uh, they might not cover this in the book yet, but do we want to do the Lot 6 like experiment? Like, like so Andy and Vicky, they meet leading up to this experiment. They're kind of friendly. They go through with it where they administer the lot six, I think, in a shot to 10 or 12 people. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of disastrous right away. Some right. some people, I think one guy claws his eyes out at one point. Another woman is like struck insane. Um, and I think I think it la I think the drug effects like last like a day or two. Eventually they come out of it and Andy and Vicky just think they kind of hallucinated a bunch of things and but uh they weren't hallucinating. That shit nope. actually happened. Um they see luckily these two are the only ones that seem to not have super bad effects. They kind of just they get the superpowers or Yeah, whatever. I mean like poor Andy does suffer a little yeah. bit after he uses his and I don't know about Vicky. I don't think she does like she seems to not have the negative but she doesn't use it as much, I guess. I think they started training themselves not to use it because of the daughter but they they do they they get married i don't know if they separated for a while i don't i really don't remember i think that. they were together and yeah they have their and they have andy and they think or i'm sorry they have charlie and at first vicky's kind of reluctant to believe that charlie developed some kind of abilities but like fires were just randomly started in the house oh maybe that's not normal <laughs> yeah and so eventually she's like okay Maybe we pass on some weird powers to her, and I th I think you kind of touched on it. Ch Charlie might uh, have a near fire accident with the mommy at one point. Yes, I can't remember the exact situation, but I do. Might have been about. Might have been about a bottle or something. But or... they were basically like, "Don't do that again. That's <laughs> bad. That's bad." So they made her feel shamed to use her power. So she was she was shamed and she was afraid mm -hmm. to use it. So therefore, she never used it really, and she never learned how to control it. Therefore, that might be some dangerous thing. Where yeah, how scary is that for a kid to have that kind of? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of. So Andy kind of fucks up this whole book. I wonder if his first fuck up is telling her never to use it and instead. It's but where tough, do you practice? Yeah, I was about to say, I guess, where do you practice and stuff? And maybe I'm a little hard on Andy because of how he 
acts I mean, they, later it, on in the book. It sucks that for 200 bucks, 400 bucks between the pair, <clears throat> they wind up going through all this. And it's like, they were. there's no example for them to be like, oh, yes, this is how you train your dragon yeah. child. That's <laughs> how you so train your fire-breathing so child. so hard. Um, I guess if, if we want to stay in the... If, it shifts back and forth a lot in the book. I, I wonder if we just want to settle at the past now, though, where Andy's at work one day. Yes. And he gets like is this... Is he a college professor a, or... Yeah, he's a college professor. Stephen King trope, either... Oh, and is he an English professor, I, too? I feel... I could be okay. wrong. I feel like he's an English professor, but a lot of his protagonists are either writers or English professors or... Does he know. make a connection to The Shining in this? Am I making that up in my head? He doesn't... Oh, it might be the same uh, high school or something. I don't know. Funnel, something might have been the same in here. Funny enough, he um, he would joke for years. People would ask him, whatever happened to Charlie at the end of the book? And before he wrote Dr. Sleep, he said, oh, Charlie met um, Danny from The Shining, and they got married, and they had a bunch of super-powered children. Okay. Didn't happen, of course, but he was, like, joking. But Okay, we'll take it there's a But, yeah. I know. That'd be cool. I know, That'd and then cool. and then Doctor Sleep came out. And we're like, mm, <laughs> no, I didn't quite, didn't quite turn out that quite way. Quite there, but yes. But, uh, psychic flash at school or at the college. And... Really bad feelings. <clears throat> Just like I get, I used to get really bad feelings when I was in college between classes, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go home. I, I have, gotta go home. I have a feeling the next hour <laughs> is gonna be really bad for me. So I have to yeah. get out of here. So he had to run. He, I don't know if he thought he had a headache or tummy troubles or bad feelings, but he got out of there. Drove home, bad mm. feelings, bad feelings. It is a good, he does, King does a good job of like, you do feel the tension again. Yeah. Like he's like, he enters the house and it's like, oh, it's quiet. A little too quiet. Maybe a chair was pushed, one chair ch- was pushed over. Yes. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Nothing crazy, but just a weird detail of like, okay, I know that's not right. Like soup might've been on the burner, mm. um, turned off. And then he's looking around, looking around. Then finally he goes down. To the laundry room, I think it was, mm-hmm. and to his horror, sees his wife maybe crammed between the washer and dryer, Some, or something like that. Something like that, or like one of those. I, I don't know if it's a closet or whatever, but his his wife was undignified. Undignifiedly, that's not a word. Very undignified death. She was like shoved in a tight area. Um, he sees that her fingernails were pulled out. That's which is horrible. Like, yeah. Oh, that little fucking detail of like how. Oh shit. Messed up are these? So I don't even know if he. I guess he deduces. What the situation? Because he, so obviously he freaks out. Mm-hmm. He goes and makes a phone call to Charlie. His daughter was staying at a friend's house overnight. Mm-hmm. He calls the mother. The house. Um, she answers. Bed. Bad by this mom, too, right? Oh, my God. I know. What a fool. Would you, like, murder this person? Like, you trust your kids with someone? You trust your kid with someone? What a dummy. (laughs) I mean, she would have been killed if she said no. Yeah. So the the friend's mom let Charlie go with the shop agents, basically. Oh, I thought they were your buddies. These faceless guys in fucking suits. Random guys in in suits. They probably have blood on their shirts. Oh, yeah. you, you You look like you hang out with the McGee's. Okay. And I'm wondering why Charlie was didn't put up a fight, but maybe they said their dad, they were sent by her dad. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty young. I get she might be six at that point. It might even because 
they're on the they're on the run for like a year. I think. Yeah, so she terrible. might even be younger. It's terrible. Yeah. That poor girl. That poor um, that poor woman. That poor woman. That's a big Lebowski reference for all you out there. Um. So. I don't know. So that that's terrible. So basically, the the mom lets the the daughter go. Charlie, the mother of her friend, lets Charlie go with these strangers. Mm-hmm. Andy finds out. Is shocked and panicked because he also thinks this woman is a fool. Yeah. And then goes, I, I, what does he do? He asks her, he starts driving around frantically. He sees some kids on the side of the road. He's like, where they, did you see this kind of car? Mm-hmm. What's going on? I think he uses the push at one point maybe to get some information mm-hmm. out of like a, a gas attendant. Right. And he makes, he kind of just makes good guess of where the agents were going. I don't know it's how like, he does it. It's a, it's a very Amazing. kind of, um maybe see the hand of Stephen King guiding yes, the plot yes. a little bit, but it's, you know, whatever. It's a fucking story about psychics. So I'm going to, I'll buy some. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy some convenient stuff. I'm um, okay with it. He shows up at, uh, it's like a rest stop. And so I'm, I give Andy uh, some hard time in this book, but I think this next section is, he's pretty badass. Cause, uh, yes, he strikes the agents are threatening to kill his daughter. He strikes one blind Go and Andy. I think he drives another one insane or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, there are some witnesses and Andy has to push these people to like, Oh, nothing happened here. Don't worry about it. Like this. everything's fine. <laughs> one of them had a gun. Yeah. And they, I think they were pointing it at Andy or yeah. at Charlie at one point. And then, yeah, he, I, I don't know if he gets the gun. I can't remember that, but Yeah. Because of his push, he's able to convince everyone this is totally normal and gets away. Gets away, yeah. And then he's trying to figure out where to go next. So I think that the smarter thing would have been to not do that, to be like, to leave witnesses or to push someone to say, hey, the government's after us, like, citizens. So they don't, I mean, they're going to... They could convince it. The government can convince anyone. Yeah. I'm also, I'm, you know, I'm highly pessimistic. So I'm like, if the government is after you, and people don't care that much. They don't. And they only care about their own situation <clears throat> for the most part. And King points that out in the start of the book. He Specifically about New Yorkers. He's like, New Yorkers are all about kind of minding their own business and ignoring the craziness around them. Which is like w- explaining why Charlie and Andy are just like running frantically through the city, and no one's like, "Hey, that's weird." No one bats an eye. <laughs> yeah, because like uh, New York is full of weirdos and cr- there's crazy, like a rat craziness. driving a truck down the street. No <laughs> yeah, one blinks yeah. an eye. Yeah, everyone's there's fucking. What's ninja, happening? There's Ninja Turtles hanging out and shit in the pizza shop. Yeah, so I think that kind of clears up a lot of the flashback stuff. Maybe I'll come. Maybe something will strike me later, but should we do the uh, intro of John Rainbird, problematic-ish character? Yes, because I don't remember a ton, but we should. Actually, actually, I get so quick, Dr. Wainless, Wainless. I was calling him Wanless, and I don't know. In my my head, I was like, I hate that when you read someone's name and you're like, is this right? You know what was impossible for me as a kid before the movies came out? Hermione from... uh, Harry Potter. What did you call her in your head? I I can't even tell. Like, I, I think... Hermony her, or something? I think it was her. I think I thought her Hermony. Oh, I my think. God. But I was also a dumb little child. No, so stop. I always, like, looked at it. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck to pronounce That's his name. That's why sometimes with... Um, I wanted to... 
I wanted to dabble in reading like something like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But even when I'm, I've seen the movie. That's a book I, filled with crazy. Yo, names. I've seen the yeah. movies like so many times. I can't even tell you how many times because Duffy's obsessed. I can't keep them straight. Boromir and like Faramir. Aragon and <laughs> wait, wait, what's the I? Sauron. Sauron and Saruman. Sa- 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 wait, Sa- Saruman and Sauron. Yeah, so why? I John. I've read the. <laughs> I read the. I was too young to read Lord of the Rings. Um, because I was a dumb little child, and I always confuse Saruman and Sarah. I, it, they are two similar names. Yeah, why did they? Why did he do that? Also, I bring this up weirdly a lot too. Batman. They have two gangsters that have similar names. There's uh, Falcone and Maroni. <laughs> yeah, why I love did that. you change the name slightly? Come on, change it up. But I, I actually love that though. It is like it's comical how similar. The names it's are. Easy and, to, it's easier to remember, but it's hard to differentiate. Yes. And they pretty the much thing. are kind of, okay, they're just each Italian gangsters. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can't, so, so some of these things, so Rainbird, I, I remember like reading it. I don't remember specifics other than the fact that he seems sort of like a sociopath. Yeah, he, he's like, they kind of describe him as crazy. An assassin. And, and he's like, and he agrees. He's like, yeah, I am. And he's obsessed with death, not just dealing death, but like, he's like, he's open to dying soon. And he's damaged from, yeah. did he get burned or something? Uh, I think so. So he's, he lost one of his eyes. Right. Um, and I forget. He feeds Charlie a bullshit story later on in the book, but I think he lost. I did. I do think he lost being underground in the dark. Yeah, and that's like all fiction, but it works out as a good story to kind of get Andy on his or Charlie on his side. He's manipulative, and he's also one of those people that is calm, and he plots. Something about that is freaky. He doesn't show his craziness as he he is crazy, and he will admit he's crazy, but he's kind of like stealthy. Kind of reminds me of, uh, I think the character's name was Anton Sugar in No Country for Old Men. You ever watch that? I've seen that, and I've seen that a bunch of times. And the main guy, the main killer guy. Javier Bardem? Yeah. Really freaks, freaks me out. Yeah, he's almost like the Terminator kind he's of so big he's just and like emotionless. Yeah. But they also describe him in the book and movie as like, you are fucking insane. And he's like... Yeah, kind of, probably. That emotional thing, <laughs> that is what I think Rainbird is. Yeah. He's very manipulative. He, I, I yeah, I, I guess the word is manipulative because he knows how to break Charlie down. He knows how to get what he wants. There's this thing, too. So he's obsessed with the idea of dying, and he's like kind of sort of gearing up for it, but he wants something, he wants someone exceptional to kill him. Or to die with him, and he sees Charlie as that. And it's a weird, it's, he describes himself as uh, loving her at one point, and it's a little... Doesn't make any sense to me. A little uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, is he, is he, like, a pedophile, or is he just... At first he says he's not attracted to her in that way, but eventually it does seem like he... It seems creepy. It seems (laughs) creepy. On top of being a killer, he seems extra creepy for this fascinating this obsession he has He's with this. He's too interested in her. Yeah, I think. Um, also, they give him like 
King gives him weird quirks. Like he has a house that is completely filled with designer shoes. Like that's the only thing he's into. Dude, is, I kind of love that though. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just one like expense. That's the one thing that he likes to buy. It seems is shoes. He's a sociopath serial killer. Yet he has really good uh, sense of yeah. fashion for his shoes. So shoe the, fashion. So and the the first time we see him kind of really crazying out is when he takes out Doctor Wanless. He kills kills him because. Wineless was he wasn't whistleblowing, but he was he he warned uh I think it's Cap Cap Hollister Hollister, the leader basically the leader of the shop. Hey, so we should probably just kill this Charlie and Andy, these guys, because uh their power is too great for us to understand. And he even goes on to suggest that Andy might keep on fucking it up. Charlie might be able to destroy the world at one point. That cause her power is just there's like no depths to it. It seems like it could be endless. I think he was overestimating a bit. Might be slightly overestimating, but, but yeah. I mean, really, still, it is, uh, and also like, in a way, the Captain Wanless guy. I'm thinking, he's trying to control the thing. Yeah. But he's a villain because he's obviously trying to kill a child. Mm-hmm. And these people didn't know what they were signing up. They really did not know the repercussions of signing up for this two hundred dollars. So, yeah, that guy's a villain. I wasn't too sad to see him go. Yeah, he gets got um, for uh, Rainbird tri- Rain- tricks him, right? Rainbird hiding yeah, in his hotel says, room or something. He says, "I'm, you know, I'm gonna let you go if you give me all the info that I want." Of course, he, I think he smothers him or whatever, yeah. and gets all the info on Charlie and Andy, and he's like, "Okay, that's all I needed from you. That's Bye. all I needed. Smell you later." Yeah. So and I don't really. I mean, he really didn't need to kill him. So I don't know. He just probably just took some joy out of that. Yeah, I wonder if uh, I wonder if the leader of the shop wanted Wineless out. Oh yeah, that's you right. You know, like yeah, yeah. hey, can you make yeah, this true. problem I go forgot. away? Or but. just because he's like that conscious in your ear, or that not conscious, the descent, like the dissenting. Yeah, the dissenting yeah. voice that you're just like, shut up. <laughs> Listen, buddy, we want let us do our evil experiments in peace. <laughs> you know, that's so true. Come yeah. on, just be part of the team. Oh my God. Be part of the evil team. Just sit down and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, lesson for all you people working for evil organizations out there. Jesus, I can't talk today. I'm only a half a beer deep. John guys. had lots of Dimatap. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm robo tripping right Me now. Me and John were uh, vibing on Celsius's today. Yeah, yeah. Celsius, uh, sponsor us. And we are um, getting to the point where we can't have energy without it. So. I am so kind of be- becoming dependent on Celsius. It's okay. And it's okay. It's a great product. Yes. Until we find out that it causes like I know, weird, you I know, know, like we're a good year and a half away from that happening. I feel like I'm okay for but now. But until then, woo! I know, woo! Uh, okay, should we go back to Charlie and Andy, like kind of escaping yes. the shop? Yeah. Uh, so where do they end up? First. They get picked up by a oh, folksy, yes. a folksy guy named Irv, a, a do-gooder. Kind of remind, I, I, it kind of reminds me of uh, the dude from. Um, I'm dying to know who you're going to say. Pet Cemetery. Wait, was, wait, the neighbor across the street. The, yeah. Oh yeah. man. I don't know why, but like, because they live on a farm, I guess, or you know. He seems like such a nice. Like he didn't really need to stop. All He's American, just, like guy that's you know yeah he has his old wife they never had kids they're like the they're like the parents in superman 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they kind of are. That's a good call. Um, he, and Irv right away knows there's like something up with this guy and the girl. And they're He's not. Like, she's not responding to whatever name. Fake yeah, name. What's she, the fake name? They gave a fake name of like Roberta or something. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, oh yeah, like Birdie or Roberta. <laughs> I forget. He keeps on but, calling her Button too. Oh oh god. My Button. Was it Button? You're a Button. Oh, I hate that. Isn't yeah. I, I, I was like, okay, guy, calm down with the, I with hate the button. That. It's creepy. Come here, little button. You little button. So he really, they really like her. They're showing her their, her chickens, all the this. Chickens. Come for lunch. Have some lunch. Nothing bad will happen here. Yeah. A little freaky. A yeah. little bit. But, um, yeah. yeah, they're skeptical. They're both skeptical. The wife and the husband. But they, they're also welcoming at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, you know, they're like good Samaritans. That kind of doesn't work out for them. It's kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. What happens. But, uh, I mean, so- but not totally terrible. But so at some point, okay, I can't remember if the reveal is before or after the shop agents find them. I think. Is it before? I think um, Irv gets kind of wise and Andy tells him, okay, listen, we're on the run. Yes. I'm not evil, (laughs) Um, but he's not giving the full story, but it's like, Kind of like the government's after us, and uh, it's not gonna be good if you call the cops or um, we're good people, don't fuck us over, please. Yeah, um, somehow the shop is on their trail and they do show up at the farm. Crazy, and we got ourselves a standoff. We got which was exciting. This I was, I can't lie, this was great. I did think, and I felt bad at the same time. So mm-hmm. all this, so they approach the little front porch. They surround them. I think they have guns. The shop people, and there's a little bit of back and forth, right? Yep. There's you know the classic like, "This is America. Get off my fucking land. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not taking these people without a warrant." Right. And it's uh, we're the government. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. I made them sound like <laughs> like a wrestler for for some Who reason. Who makes the first move? So I think. I think the shop does, and gets An- gets Andy. They like make they they like try to move towards uh, Andy, and Charlie. Oh yes, yes. Uh, goes super saiyan crazy and starts lighting people up, bro. And she does not know what to do with that. Yes, so and, it is chaotic. I th- and I think Irv gets shot. I'm pretty sure. Yes, in the shoulder. Maybe? In the shoulder. It's your, not cl- good. your classic, like not. Um, you know, not fatal, but still, ow. Yeah, that really, really hurts. Did. Yeah. That really that hurts. That really hurt. That so, really hurt. So, um, and then it's just kind of, you know, fi- fire, uh, fi- fire started from there. F- fucking explosions, bro. And the, all the chickens fireballs. died. The chickens exploded. That was sad. I imagine. I, can't lie. I imagine they turned into nuggies on the way down. Oh my they, god! They probably didn't. McNuggies. Yeah. And what? So. People, so some of the shop people go running, mm-hmm. right? Um, does someone else go blind? I, I forget if someone else. There's goes, some stuff going on. Yeah, people get damaged. Be, some people die. Did a telephone pole maybe fall on someone? Some I think yeah, die. and that's the thing. So it's not just like she's shooting fire, but the fire, it's it's like it's Ripple almost effects. like a like a physical push to like the fire shooting out of her. 
I'm not. I'm not doing a great job of explaining. I can, visual, this. I can visualize it, but the, the power of the fire going out. I don't even know if it it's like going push, out. It, it like physically pushes you too, and it, it's like you know, it causes explosions with fucking like you said, telephone poles. The house goes up. The which ripple is effects of yeah. that. There's like literal ripple effect. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't there think you of go. like the proper. He was making hand motions, and he looked like. He was throwing fireballs. Yes. Like in Mario. Sorry, Mario. <laughs> Mario. Um, he looked like that. So yeah. it is kind of, it is, I kind of imagine it's like that. Yeah. That yeah. was, f- so I don't know. A lot of shit happened. Excuse my French. The wife is pissed because she's like, what's the guy's name? Irv. I was going to say Earl. Earl. It's pretty, pretty. Irv, sim- like, what the hell, Irv? Same, same ballpark. We, we're much. not, like, we're, she's a monster, Irv. Calls her a witch or something. Yeah, yeah. monster, witch. And that. of course, Charlie feels terrible because she's already ashamed to use her powers. And now she's, I mean, there's people that are, like, dead people or are, damaged. And she's upset and about the chickens. The, she's upset about the chickens, obviously. as we all would be. Yeah, so, but, I mean, I just, I felt bad. But the, Irv was like, Take my truck. Get out of Dodge. Take my Go. truck. And uh, he's very much like fuck the government kind of mindset at this mm-hmm. point. He's he's more fuck them than um, he's not really mad at Charlie that, as much. Yeah. She's and he, just he, a kid. He, he kind of talks his wife down. I believe her name is Norma. But Norma, you know, uh, understandably, she's pretty upset that her fucking house is on fire. I got to be honest right now. So some kids that are not mine freak me out. <laughs> so I can see, especially like a fire breathing kid now. Yeah, <laughs> a kid with magical fire powers. It could put you off. I yeah. might, you know, not be have an open door policy with mm-hmm. that person. So I and plus my husband is shot. Yes, like, it's a it's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot to take in for Norma. It's a so, lot for a Sunday afternoon. Or yeah, right. Was, they were know? just enjoying some lemonade on the porch. Yeah, they were. You know, they're about to, they were having pie and shit. And yeah, yeah. Now there's explosions. And their houses, the chick, the poor chickens, the so poor chickens. They get out of there with the truck, though, and he's they like, do. "Here." And Andy, I, I guess he has a plan, but he. It's a bad plan. Cause, <laughs> cause, cause, so he ends up. Uh, they end up in Virginia. The grandfather. It's is it's it? his like grandfather's house, which, of course, the shop would know about. You know, but like, he didn't re- like. Here's the thing: he didn't really know they were tracking him, or the like, the depth of their power, or how, like, as a faction, he didn't know how much research they did. So yeah, the shop fucks up a lot, but the thing they have seems to be unlimited government funding. Right. So they just have, you know, all the resources to kind of keep on keeping on, and they, I, th- I think the shop pretty much knows from jump that. Andy and Charlie are hanging out in this town or in this this small sh- remote town. It's like little shacks. Yeah. But like they never th- Andy never thought that. No, he Andy didn't. thought he was being stealthy and no one would know and actually uh the grandfather had some supplies in there. I guess they had stayed there before over yeah, the summer or something. Yeah. The grandfather left the house to them maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they had some supplies. You know, it was a wooded area, it's remote. I mean, it's near a town, but you got to uh, hike. It's what, like, like one of those things where the town something? is fairly, yeah, it's like fairly close, but not really. It, their car breaks down. So he has to walk there. In whenever. the summer. Yeah. I mean, in the winter, there's no way I'd want to go six miles in the snow. No. I don't even want to go down the street. At, at one point, <laughs> he, I, so they spend the winter there. And at one point, 
um, they they talk about how Charlie had a cold that lasted the the winter. I'm like, yeah, I think I went through that as a kid. Where no, like, it's the worst. You just have like an unending fucking cold that just doesn't go away. And it's my hell. It's literally the worst. <laughs> you always have a sniffle and always have yeah. a cough. So yeah. poor Charlie. She can't catch a break. Ugh, she Cannot literally can't. catch a break. Poor kid. Poor kid only eight. So they go to the town. So uh, Andy will hike to town occasionally. He has, he finds money. The, I guess the, the grandfather had like poker money or something. In good, his old jar. Poker, good old poker <laughs> money. So he would go to the small town uh, general store and get some supplies as needed. And, um, you know, he tried not to interact with the townspeople. He didn't want to. I think he also ended up having to kind of steal some money. Yeah, I think he kind of steal some supplies from like neighboring like houses. Out of desperation. Are, yeah. But if there's a newcomer, like, you know. You know, know, there's something, okay, this is something kind of weird. Because it's a small town and it's kind of a drifter-looking dude. Yeah, yeah. something's, and I don't know if Charlie stay out of sight. I don't remember that much. But, yeah, he would not bring her to town with him, really. He he would just go and then come back. But his fear is always, like, what if something happens to me and she's left (laughs) by herself? And he he does think, he, he does suspect that. From using his push, he's like, it's probably not. Be- it's probably not good for me. And I think at one point he feels parts of his face get numb after using it. He's not. He's feeling like he's not long for this world. Yeah, he, he kind of knows he's on even, even right now. Borrowed time. Kind yeah, of. but he has no idea the repercussions of using. I mean, the full. <clears throat> but he knows it's not good. Yeah. So he, you know, he goes to this journal. Eventually, he comes to the point where he's thinking, I have to do something. I have to. He's still thinking that they're in hiding, but he knows that he has to get out of this. And he decides that he's going to write to the newspaper. Right? Does he? Yep. He knows people from the newspaper, and he's going to send some notes to. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Irv and Norm. Wait, is that right? Irv and Norm. His parents, at least, right? Who is he sending letters to? So I think he. Definitely the newspaper. I th- yeah. So yeah, he sends. He tries to send a few different letters to a few different newspapers. I'm also thinking he, of, he also has a buddy that Dude, I'm thinking for, of the last movie that or the last um book we read. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Um what did we read? Uh, you know when the guy <laughs> Oh, the, uh, Dead Zone. Okay, the Dead Zone. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Dead Zone when he wrote letters to his family. I'm sorry. That's no, all right. He also You know what I'm thinking of? Like he, he, Yeah, 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 towards All right. He also has a buddy that he might try cuz he has a friend that's in his buddy from college who may or may not be in the media as well. Okay. I forget if he tries to reach out to him or not. So he's he, basically trying to explain what happened to him and how the government is after his him and his daughter because he wants to keep her safe. He knows he's not going to be around forever. And he feels like that's the only way out. Unfortunately, <laughs> the he, shop was already watching him. Yes, he did not know. And he did he, get to the... He did bring it to the town post office mm-hmm. and the mail carrier was stopped by the shop Good old shop agents yep and he the the post uh i don't even know i guess it, i don't know if it was a mailman or something higher but he was stopped with his truck mm-hmm. by the shop and they he said you know it's a federal offense to steal law or steal law <laughs> steal steal uh letters and they're like we don't give a hell 
Where like, the, where's, we're taking them anyway. We're taking them, bitch. Of course, they read the that. entire thing, and then they decide, you know, we know when we're going to close in on this. Because I, I guess that know? was like kind of the trigger point for them. They're like, okay, no more fucking around. Let's go get them. They planted someone in that post office. So yeah. they, they, and they knew, they knew, mm. they knew. What's, I, I, yeah, they, they did their research. So then shop calls in Rainbird again for operation, uh, capture them. Yo, I hate this part. It is, uh, I hate this. Yeah. And it's that Ugh. thing. It's the day that they're planning to, that Charlie and Andy are planning to leave, but there's, Something uneasy in the air. They kind of sense something's not quite right. So sad. They get all ready. They prepare. They get ready to head out the door. And, and uh, good old Rainbird hits Charlie with a dart. So messed up. Knocks her out. Gets her right in the neck. And Charlie or and Andy is kind of taken out pretty quickly as well. There was no fight whatsoever. Not a yeah. It was Not pretty. It's pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, I was like, um, because um, you and but on the reader's end, we know they're closing in, so there is a little bit te- of there's build tension. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but still, you didn't expect it to be like that quick. You imagine a little bit of fire coming coming out or something. She but. had no opportunity for that. So. I guess that just. I guess that's a good indication of how effective Rainbird is at what he right. does. So. He's stealthy. Yeah. So this comes to where. I kind of started dragging my first read. It's, it kind of reminds me of, um, I, I don't, you probably did the, the show Lost where. I did not see Lost. There's a, uh, I think it's season three where a couple of the protagonists are pretty much held up in jail. Uh, and it was basically because the writers were told that they had to elongate the series like artificially. So they're like, okay, these guys are in jail for several episodes. It kind of felt like that. You or feel like you're in jail. You feel like you're in jail. You're kind of bored. And what kind of jail is it? It's like it's nice though. Isn't a yeah. It's, it's nicer cushy. than where I live right now. They fucking Andy has HBO for free. Gets uh, it nice sounds th- legit to me. I don't know. Yeah. Other than the fact there's cameras everywhere. They mentioned Andy put on some lbs from all the food. Poor and Andy. All the drugs he's taken. Although I like I said I was annoyed. Yeah. So this is where. I'm like, okay, come on, Andy. Get it together, Let's do some Andy. fight, bro. Andy does wise up, though. He does, and he thinks, like, he, for a while, he thinks his push is gone, too, but maybe that's just the drugs kind of fucking with him. And who is he? So he has a certain uh, person that he's working with, Dr. I think it's Pincho. Dr. Pincho. I think. Like, 92% sure. Yeah, I think you're right. So Dr. Pincho is working with Andy, but, you know... Andy it's starts. Like kind of half, it's kind of half-hearted. Yeah, Andy's kind of telling him what he wants to hear. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. He basically Pinchot wants to see what Andy can do with his powers, and Andy is saying, "I think I lost it." But mm. Andy inside knows that he probably didn't lose it. He's probably on so many so much drugs, and Andy starts doing this thing where he stops taking his drugs secretly. He, he knows he can't do that forever, so he's trying to figure out what to do next. He eventually, so like he didn't know he could do this. He pushes himself into not being addicted anymore. It's pretty cool. And he's like, "Oh shit, I didn't know I could do that." Um, and he gets some. And I guess one scene that was kind of important, which made me really hate Andy, <laughs> was when the power goes out. Oh god, yeah. And he kind of gets lost in the dark, and he it's kind of he's kind of becomes a pretty pathetic character where he's like stumbling about. He's scared, scared and crying. And maybe I'm being a jerk. Maybe I'm being insensitive or whatever. But I'm like, come on, bro. 
Show some fucking backbone. Get, your, think get about your daughter. Your, think about your daughter. Get your daughter. Yeah, you're, she's in this place you're, too. Oh, you're scared of the dark. Think about your fucking daughter. All yeah. right. He doesn't seem to be concerned. He's. He seems. He, yeah, that's the thing that he seems too complacent with, and maybe. Maybe I would be too. Yeah, may, literally. Yeah, yeah. I'm you think, said complacent. It, I was like, dude, I am the it, most complacent person. If I was ever. on the if I was on the run for like a year and I end up in a jail with like HBO and all the unlimited uh, fucking soda sounds and stuff, like, it sounds like COVID lockdown. Yeah, may, maybe maybe I'm hard on Andy because I see too much of myself. In yeah, him. I was literally <laughs> thinking the same thing. I'm like, mm, <laughs> peace yeah. and quiet, solitude, snacks, HBO. Okay, yeah. let's right, go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, during the same kind of power outage, uh, Rainbird, who's kind of inserted himself as kind of like a, uh, what do you? He's call saying it? A, he he was presenting himself as a janitor, as a and janitor. he would push her. He would he was trying to find a way to get into her life without her knowing who he was. And the deal is that he made with Cap. Halster. He's like, Hallister. all right, do all your experiments for how, however many years or whatever. Eventually, you're going to have to kill her. Let me kill her. And cra- so weird. crazily enough, the guy's like, Hollister's like, okay, yeah, sounds good. He's like, Didn't you just, he like threaten him because he has like a- He, he dug up dirt. He's like- his own insurance policy. If you don't let me kill her eventually, then uh, all the info about the shop is going to leak out and you're going to be fucked. So Basically, I own you. I own you, bitch. It doesn't say that, but in so many words. In so many words. <laughs> so I do. It, so while I hate I, this scene with, I, I I do hate this scene with seeing the kid manipulated by this guy. He does a good uh, job of. He does. He, so power goes out. He, Rainbird plays like, oh no, I'm scared of the dark. Uh, it's post traumatic stress from when I was in the war. They had me in the hole, kid. They had me in the hole. I was eating bugs and shit. And of course, poor Charlie, who's just like. At fr- and I do like at first how Rainbird was just like me. He's very dismissive of mm-hmm. Andy, but he admires Charlie because he's not giving. She's not giving the shop anything, right? Just like because she decided. I'm not she after it. she did that to the people at um, Irvin Norma's, people died. She decided I I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like mm-hmm. the feeling. The chickens are gone. Like I don't want to feel terrible. I don't want to cause destruction. So I'm not going to do this. No matter what they say to me. And they tried all kinds of tactics. She did not reveal her powers. She was acting like she couldn't do anything. So she also she has more like fuck you towards the shop than Andy does. Yeah, too, which, which is why I like her more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so too. <clears throat> and I she's agree. drugged. She's drugged out as well, and she's. But there's more defiance in her. Yeah, than Andy. But uh, unfortunately, she does kind of fall for Rainbird's act. Sucks. And. Um, so from there, Rainbird is kind of manipulating her into, you know, go along with their tests so you can demand gifts and shit or, you know, perks or whatever. And maybe you'll be able to see your dad again. Yes. Which is like the ultimate. The ultimate character, which never kind of comes to fruition. Yeah. So messed up. Yeah. So he's working his magic. She does get some perks. She gets to ride a horse. She, Called I don't know. Necromancer, for kids, which I thought was weird. For for kids, riding a pony or a horse is like the best thing ever. It was funny when Rainbird's like, I don't know, kids fucking like ponies, man. They do. Kid, yeah, they do. It's true. It is that thing where like, boy, like kids, like little boys like dinosaurs for some reason. Yeah. You don't, you can't explain why, but they're just like, They just oh, do. They just do. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so eventually Andy finally, he finally shakes his addiction, right? 
and he tries to push Dr. Pinchot. He, get, he does get some info out of him. I think he gets, I think Pinchot lets it slip or from the push, he tells Andy that they got Charlie doing experiments. And Rainbird. And Rainbird is like going to kill her at one point. Yeah. Or plans Basically, to she's being manipulated by this guy because he, you know, he's going to get her to do this, show her powers. Now, a strange wrinkle with the push that Andy has, it can sometimes start what he calls a ricochet effect where the, the push kind of fucks with the person's minds too yes. much where yes. they can't, after they're pushed, they can't um, reconcile these thoughts that they're having. And, okay, tricky topic. So we find out that Dr. Pinchot might be a trans person or... He can't express himself. He can't express... He's experimented with wearing women's clothes in the past. In college, he was shamed. He was found by his roommates wearing some women's clothing, clothing, and he was shamed by his roommates. So at that point, I think they... I don't know what they did to him. They they made him do something. They made him like clean the place wearing women's clothes. So he was ashamed. And then at that point after that, he's basically emotionally scarred. Yes. And then he never uh, thought about, he tried to bury that. He blocked it out, right? And, and then all of a sudden, whatever um, Andy did to him brought this back up again. I guess it, yeah, I guess, so. I guess it's like a trauma thing. Like if someone has suffered major trauma, that they've kind of blocked out or whatever. Exactly. It can kind of push and kind of fuck with them. Uh, eventually, Pinchot kills himself in the worst way one ever. One of the most brutal ways I've ever fucking heard of. He, he became fascinated with a garbage disposal for some reason. It's a weirdly sexual thing. Um, he puts on his wife's clothing and he shoves his arm in a garbage disposal and turns it on. And they say that it's shocking. Like he held his arm there, which is like. Oh, people would have thought it was impossible to kind of have that wherewithal to keep your arm in. Like not to have that To not like immediately take it out and bleed to death that way. But So he he died, unfortunately. Oh, he's done so. But I think um, before he died, he mentioned to Andy that the plan was to send, because they couldn't get anything out of Andy, Mm -hmm. they were going to send him to like Hawaii or somewhere. Keep him on ice for a while. Like maybe it'll come back the push, right. but it might take. This might be a, a longer term. Kind but of he thing. knows basically. Well, Andy convinces them to do another round of tests on him to make sure that he was just you know, in done. case. Yeah. And then, you know, Andy knows at that point I better make a move, or they're going to ship me off to God knows where, and Andy's going to be here with this guy Rainbird, and who mm. knows, like when he will kill her. So. He knew that he basically like a fire lit under him that he needed to get this figured out. So that happens to Pincho. And then I think he so Andy somehow he finds out what happened from I think he's from Cap. Okay. So I think at first Cap is curious. He's like, Hey, this is kind of weird. Uh so the person that seemed to be even killed this whole time he's worked here has uh killed himself in a uh, strange fashion uh, right. after talking to you. So uh, what's up? He's trying to gauge. So do you still have this push thing? <laughs> yeah. um, Andy plays dumb, of course. Yes. Um, and then he uses the push on him. So <laughs> are we buying this? So are we buying this part of the story where, like, isn't it strange that Cap didn't take more precautions against possibly yeah. getting pushed? 
you know, like, yeah. I know I'm being this asshole of like pointing out like, oh, that's totally unrealistic in the story about psychics and stuff. It just seems a little odd that Cap would so willingly yeah. talk to Andy without like. Some kind of precaution. Make, yeah. What could he do though? I, don't I, know. I guess he's still acting drugged out or whatever. So yeah. they think he's like, and I guess they do a good job of like, we go into Cap's head a lot. He thinks that Charlie's, uh, God damn it. Thinks Andy. that Andy's this pathetic character who's given up, who's like this uh, they pudgy are acting like because he, because he gained ten pounds. He's yeah, like, yeah. he's like slovenly. I'm like, let him go. <laughs> Jeez, like, dude, you've had him in this, you've had him in this, this place, this, like almost this palace prison. Leave him alone. Yeah. So I, I, and you know, I guess it goes again to the, like this, the the hubris that the shop has that they think they're so smart and great that um, that was kind of dumb of them but yeah so basically he pushes cap into letting him go to pincho's funeral Mm -hmm. right yes cap right yep and then when they're coming back from the funeral i think he pushes him again to get more info about rainbird i'm trying to remember it's been it's all he also comes up with the exit plan of like Oh, he wants to get. He basically he found out. Oh, he found out where the major roads are. Maybe he found that out from Pincho. Where the roads are, and also like, I think he arranges. So Hawaii is a go, but the plan that Andy comes up with is like, they're gonna have to stop to refuel on the way to Hawaii. I think in I forget where, mm-hmm. but the plan is they'll get off at the refueling stop, go on the run again, and get their story out. Yeah. That's the ultimate plan, which we kind of know isn't going to work yeah. out. Yeah, because like all things, because we have the uh, the because um, Rainbird, right? We know that this guy is Rainbird might not win, but he's going to fuck. He's like an agent of chaos, kind of. Yeah, he's always guy. like one step ahead. Um, so part of the push plan is uh, Cap passes a note to Charlie, written by her dad. And basically the note kind of ruins Charlie to a degree because she finds out that Rainbird, this guy, the one person that she thought she could trust in this place is actually the worst one. Right. Um, So that kind of breaks her a little bit. And she has to act like everything is normal. But it's hard because she's a kid. It's hard. Rainbird knows right away. She acts a little indifferent. I don't like how she's acting. Something's up. And Rainbird's the only one that notices like, Hey, uh, they seem to be cool with letting Andy just go to funerals and hang out with uh, Cap Hollister. And Cap went to go talk to Charlie, which is weird. Yeah. Like, he's the only one that seems to know that something's not quite, something doesn't smell right. And I like how uh, at one point, Rainbird has to use a computer. Oh, and my God. I don't know if computers can function this way now. This this also happened in the. <laughs> maybe chat GPT. Maybe. <laughs> This this also happens in the thing where basically it becomes a probability machine of like mm-hmm. what's the probability of oh yeah that's char- right. of Andy's abilities being back and the computer spits out sixty four percent or mm-hmm. something like that and what's the probability that uh, Charlie knows that I'm evil like he's typing I, these th- he's seems, typing these things into the computer yeah it's silly um but okay yeah silly computer work aside he on probability. Uh, Rainbird knows that the, the, Andy is doing something mm-hmm. and something is afoot. Um, so 
part of the, I get, we're kind of towards the end game now. So yeah, the plan, part of the plan is, uh, Charlie arranges for a, um, another riding session with, uh, the horse, uh, but Rainbird is to be sent away to mm-hmm. San Diego from Cap, obviously working under the push. Uh, Rainbird doesn't do that because like, I'm not doing that. I'm he not, agrees to it, but he yeah. doesn't have plans to do it. So Andy is escorted by some other shop guy. Rainbird's already there, kind of hiding. Um, I do love this. This is a good. So the showdown's pretty good, right? Where, I don't remember it like scene by scene or also, strike by strike. But. Uh, another thing, a ricochet is going off in um, Cap's head. Uh, he's talking. He's frequently talking about snakes. Oh yeah, yeah. And about golf. Like, yeah. He's weirdly obsessed with those two things. He's unwinding himself, similar to Pinchot, kind of in that that mm-hmm. weird way. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Andy thinks the plan's going well. They're gonna they're gonna pick up Charlie in the barn. They're gonna get to the airport. Nope. Andy shows up, finds out that Rainbird's there, and we got ourselves a standoff. Standoff. Good tension again, right? Where it's you know, Rainbird has the gun. Uh, Andy has the limited push ability, and Charlie, we know what she can do. Right. A lot of different possibilities. And the way that Charlie is, I think Rainbird threatens to kill Charlie or whatever if Andy doesn't back off. I also have a question for you here. I don't know if you've – you read the book a little while ago at this point. It's it's my fault that this took us so long. Apologies. How dare you get COVID? I'm sorry. But weirdly, I think right before Andy shows up – um, or maybe it's, I, I forget. Rainbird does convince Charlie to like, let's end it. Like, let's put this all to an end. And Charlie is very, she's like in agreement. She's like, you know what? I'm tired of running. It's, and she, she says it's almost like a trance. Mm-hmm. Does, uh, does like Rainbird have a push himself or is, oh. you know, or is it just like this? Or unless she was manipulating him. Yeah. I, it's, it's just, it, but that, he, does he know at that point that she, is she like saying at this point that I can't remember who she, shows she's, up first though. She's it almost just, welcoming death. Like she's almost, she kind of knows that he wants to kill her. And, and there's she, no end, there's no other end game for her. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I'm tired of running. And I don't know. It just, Everybody it, gets to that point. And I'm like, <laughs> sick of this. And it almost seemed like he had an otherworldly kind of power going on too. That maybe he does. But may, yeah, in maybe in this universe, mysterious guy. Yeah, Stephen King universe. Who knows what can what can happen? But certain people. We do think so. We we do think Rainbird is going to kill somebody. Oh, you know it. Wildcard, uh, Cap Hollister yells snakes. Out of nowhere, which just gives Andy enough time to push Rainbird to, to jumping off of like the ledge that he was on. Um, <coughs> snakes, so, snakes, snakes, and it's like a fucking hose or something. Rainbird oh ends God. up sh- shooting Andy several times, right? And, and then, you know, it ain't good. Ain't good. But really, um, basically, it's lit from there. Literally. Literally and figuratively. Literally lit. So everything is erupting in flames at that point, right? She just, mm-hmm. to save, to, to basically combat the situation, she's lighting fires in a barn. Mm-hmm. And I feel it gets to the point 
that there's so much fire she, and her her dad is laying on the ground. Andy is laying on the ground and it's like she wants to get him out of there, but it's clear that he's not going to make it out of there. Yeah, his last push, not only did he get shot twice, but his last push kind of broke him. I think he had a... Um, stroke pretty much he couldn't do anymore yeah he's like i'm fucking done but at the same time he knows his daughter is literally Mm -hmm. on the run what happens to cap so cap i he goes up in flames they okay i can't yeah he he goes up in flames as well and he was evil so i don't care (laughs) rainbird tries to shoot andy andy's fire pretty much takes takes care of the bullet and just it's it almost sounds like a new it almost it's almost described as like a nuclear blast like a mini nuclear blast after that where he's like bones good and uh yeah he's dead he was evil <laughs> nevertheless he's dead and so after that uh, weren't there shot people outside the door shot people are outside and Andy kind of says you know let get them let it rip dude. yeah make start them, fresh make them realize that they've been in a war which that's, I don't know why I like that phrasing yeah make sure they know they've been in a war so the plan basically is to destroy anyone who knows about this like right there I mean I, I'm sure there's more people that know about it but mm-hmm. destroy these people there's other shop locations right like the one in Hawaii yeah. so but yeah. this seems to be the hub the hub yeah and she could probably escape from this mm-hmm. who knows though they found people before but. so I don't know from there, she kind of unleashes hell. It is kind of sad. So there are horses that are oh, escaping facts. the barn, right? And the shop agents just instinctively, or I don't know why, they start shooting some of the horses. King does mention that Charlie's favorite horse does get away, which is nice. Um, but so it's just like, I don't know, that's like a hell imagery to me. Just She's like, had too many things happen to her. Yeah. She, and she doesn't have anybody now. Doesn't have anyone, and I like where she becomes almost like she comes becomes like a fire god at this point. Where she talks about she was so afraid of the ability before, partially because she likes using it. Like she likes to, I don't know. It feels good to kind of let go, and uh, and she was controlled for, Mm -hmm. especially in this situation. She finally got a chance to just unleash, and all that rage of her mom dying, now her dad dying, Mm -hmm. just all of it. So she didn't care who saw her at that point. And there were bystanders, right? And they were like, she's a monster. Yep. And again, it's it's it's, it's pretty much like the farm, but times 10, I feel like, where yeah. just, there's so much more. There's cars exploding. There's more telephone poles going down. She destroys the house or the, the facility right. of the shop. Our boy OJ shows back up, and, and he's the one that's Full. like... He's the only one that doesn't charge her at first because he's like, I've fucking, I've been through this. Before. Did he learn his lesson yet? Jeez. He did. He did. He tries to run away, um, and uh, I, I think he gets away. Um, That's why. By the way, I just want to say this: in situations like this, I'm like, why would you be loyal to this shop if you know that you're going to go blind, possibly, or you're <laughs> going to um, die? Yeah. I, I don't know. I get it's with the government, but still, is it worth it? Probably well, it not. must be them perks, man. You know, I guess those perks are amazing. Vacation, they must have good vacation time or something. I don't know. They must have off between Christmas <laughs> and New Year's, too. They're off on Flag Day, probably. Yeah. And fucking, I don't know. What's another bullshit holiday? I'm just kidding. Flag Day's, Flag day's Flag great. Day. Um, That's but, so true. So, Charlie lays waste. It's hard, you know, what are we going to You can't go through each thing. But one thing I remember uh, a lady 
broke her arm trying to escape the hell. And Charlie sees it after she kind of powers down and it hits Charlie. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, they kind of forced me into this. I didn't mean to. And similar to Norma on the farm, she's like, you're a fucking witch, dude. Get yeah. away from me. And Charlie very, feels terrible now. Defiantly, she's like, fuck you. I'm not a witch. You guys <laughs> did this to me. Fuck off. And then she runs away. She runs away. She's on the run. And she eventually shows up at a familiar place. Yes. Which is, I mean, she doesn't have anywhere else to go, really. But she goes mm-hmm. to Norma and Irv's farm. Mm-hmm. And they're kind souls because they do let her hide out there. They're kind souls. For a while. She hangs out for a while. She's skin and bone for, for a good bit. but Right. Gets maybe a little meat back on her, but she's been on the run. She's, you know, almost a feral creature at first. And she try, they try to keep her inside, and they try to keep her out of sight. They're very good, but at the same time, they, they know that this can't last forever. Yeah, because there's, there's too many nosy townspeople who are going to... And actually, I think someone might have seen her, and they didn't make up a story. Uh, yeah, a, a doctor made a house call, and right. he oh at, he told somebody who told somebody. At, at first, he kept it quiet, but then he had one too many glasses of wine one night. Of course, he did. So small town where it gets around. Um, Darn. Also, the shop is still in existence. They think they're good. They're like, listen, we're gonna find her, and we're gonna kill her, and uh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Um, Charlie's pretty smart. Charlie Smart. She overheard Norma and Irv one night, and she feels bad because, you know, she knows she can't stay there forever. So she loves him, I think. But she leaves in the middle of the night, and this this kind of ages the book in a few ways. For for one, she says uh, her dad once told her, "If you want to an answer to any question, where do you go? The to library. The, the library." Yay. Today we just look on our fucking iPhones, <laughs> but uh, I had to go to the library back in the day. Um, and she asked the librarian, like, what's the one, what's the one like publication that has no ties to the government, but is weird that is like kind of trustworthy? And uh, the guy writes the address down. And uh, where does Andy go? Or God damn it, where does Charlie go? <laughs> Keep on messing up their names. She goes, it's a newspaper, right? It's Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah. Rolling Stone. I couldn't remember what it was. That is genius. Yeah. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Which I guess, uh, it's still around now. I guess it had a cooler reputation back in the day. I feel like all the print publications, I, I guess people read them more because yeah. they were physical and you wanted a physical item. Now, I guess people still read them online, but. Rolling Stone was like the alternative to like, okay, they have, it's obviously they have rock and roll stuff, but they probably also, you know, have interviews with interesting people. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. And Charlie, Charlie shows up. She's like, I got a story for you. Lights the whole place on fire. No, I'm just kidding. But then it uh, just ends. Just ends. And you know that, well, you think that it ends okay. You, but you really don't know. You hope it ends okay, um, but yeah, I think it's, it does. Uh, is the word amb- ambiguous or unambiguous? I always get those confused. The ending is ambiguous. Ambiguous. That's what. It is. So you, you feel like it's good, but you don't know if they accept her or not. 
or story or anything, but I mean, I guess she could demonstrate if they don't. Yeah, she can. <laughs> she can prove that she can fucking start fires. So. And I still don't know if she can harness it really. <clears throat> I guess she, if she really wanted to. She could. Yeah. She'll keep practicing. So I, I don't know. I I kind of I kind of like the ending. I kind of like. It's not a totally happy ending because at the end of the day, she's a fucking orphan and yeah. uh, she has no place to go really. Where does she go after Rolling Stone? You know? I'm just going to imagine that she, once the story comes out, she goes back to Norma and Irv's, but probably. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So I felt bad that Andy died, but also he was kind of a fool in a lot of ways. It's, so. it's one of those things where it felt inevitable that he was going to die, yeah. either from Rainbird or just from having to use his powers. It just it was kind of clear from the beginning that the powers were having a pretty bad effect on him. Whereas Charlie, fortunately using her powers doesn't really affect her negatively. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So I don't know. Get, get final getting into final thoughts. Did you, did you dig the book? Was it? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I, there were definitely some slow spots, but overall that idea, that paranoid idea that the government's chasing you, Always an interesting one, or they have secrets, or what? I mean, especially with all that uh, UFO stuff that's come out recently, that the stuff that they've been hiding and working mm. on in labs. I find it to be fascinating. I hope some of this kind of stuff doesn't happen, but who knows? Uh, I also like the powerful slash evil child thing. Yeah, it's a tri- it's one of the Stephen King tropes, right? You got Danny. Um, you know, super powered kid. And I don't think she's evil. No, she's not evil, but it's like the, the potential for. She could go that way. She could, yeah, yeah. Just like um, the girl from Doctor Sleep. Yes, yeah. Which her name is escaping me right now. Abra Ada. Yeah, I always yeah, said it right, incorrect. Right. I always said it incorrect because it's such an odd name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's too like literal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is a little on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, but like I, I think it's the same thing. Is like she could. She could, this this girl, Charlie, could become so jaded that she does, she's so pissed off at the world and be, what's happened to her, how she's been treated, and through no fault of her own, just she was just born. She might become jaded and just start using her power for bad, just like Abra, you know, could have decided to use her power for something bad. I don't know. I, I like the, I, I always compare characters to other characters. I don't mm. know. And he, he works in those, like, tr- familiar tropes too like he i think i I think it's like purpose i don't know if it's you know i don't think he does self-plagiarism or anything but he has similar it's probably hard not to if you write that many books 70 something books can you imagine yeah he doesn't even need to do it anymore he just literally enjoys it yeah i wonder okay got got a note for mr king here i wonder (laughs) i wonder if i like rainbird more or if i get the character more Maybe that's a point. Maybe I don't. Maybe I shouldn't be getting the character. I wonder if I like the story more if Rainbird tries to manipulate Charlie into like becoming his weapon to take down the government. That would make more sense to me. So I think what it instead of having him be this like unknowable socio slash psychopath, what if he's mad at the U.S. and he wants to take not down not only the shop down but like government itself that would definitely make more sense wouldn't that be cooler yeah like, it, what if turning charlie into a, like a weapon 
Yeah, that I think way. that that definitely would make more sense for the reason his reason for involving himself in this. Mm-hmm. And I I know John, I'm like the worst at with this, but like some people say that things are scarier when there's like no reason for it like the strangers mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. hate that though i personally yeah i want to know why someone i want to know the backstory mm-hmm. like why is michael in halloween like why does he kill yeah, yeah. and it's like i just want to know like in the strangers why just because they're home yeah they come there so yeah i i personally would like this story you're suggesting better mm-hmm. the character that way but like some people get more freaked out when the there's literally just no reason this person is just literally nuts yeah, I, I that's know? one of the problems I had with the book the first time I read it. This time going in, I knew the deal, so I'm like more on board. Yeah. I just like it, uh, it's a weird like okay, he's fascinated with death, and he wants to die by a special hand. I don't know. It's just I uh, mean, he wasn't. He was also like he was like an assassin, so yeah, he enjoyed kills. He, he enjoyed the kill, and he's. He wants to die too, but not. He's like not tortured. Like that, that's seem, what's odd to me. It's yeah, not like, he's, he likes his shoes. Like, yeah, if, if you find some enjoyment in something, I mean, yeah, maybe he was lonely. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> maybe he sees himself as special, and he sees a kinship, or he feels a kinship with this other person. He seemed to have the capacity to develop a relationship, yeah, even if it was a fake one. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't he do it for real? I don't know. Maybe he just didn't was not interested. Yeah, yeah. But like doing that with anyone. Yeah. So is it? I like your suggestion for that character better because I, I didn't fully understand the Rainbird character. And that's thank wh- God I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and and maybe that's like maybe we shouldn't. Maybe that's the point. Maybe we can't understand Rainbird. Those are he's weird this motives. Unknowable, crazy person. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this this is my second time reading it. Like I I, th- I think I did like it better this time, partially because I knew what I was getting in for. Still, you know, I have some minor minor problems. Andy bugs me sometimes. Yeah, um, maybe that's just more of a cat. Like I don't know if it's bad storytelling or not. Maybe I just don't like the character sometimes. Maybe but. he's just supposed to be unlikable, but he's yeah. an average dude. An average schlubby guy. He just doesn't know what... <clears throat> he found himself in this situation he never thought he'd be in and then just has to make the best of it with what he's got. He's like a... kind of. He's kind of a fuck up. Like... I mean, I would probably be... Yeah, I guess... Uh, in this situation. In that way, it's realistic, right? Like, yeah, that's true. He's definitely... He does, definitely doesn't always have his wits about him. And, and guess what? In college... You are desperate for oh, money. Oh, baby. I could have used a few hundred bucks in college. Certainly. Yeah. So. I don't know how I survive sometimes. And I didn't even like move away to college. Like I lived yeah. at home still. And uh, it was still a little rough. But, um, it's true. So, yeah. I guess in terms of like comparing to the first few books, um, it's not my favorite. But I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little better than I thought before I reread it. I think it's like. B minus. Yeah, uh, I didn't that, think it was like area. amazing or anything. Yeah. I just I thought it was a cool story. You know, there could have been more. There were areas where I thought could have been better, but so not, not to I I guess to bring it back. So I think Stranger Things kind of takes ideas from this mm-hmm. and like kind of pushes it further, gets more out of gets more out of the idea. Yeah, like I think Stranger Things is kind of. 
not the best version of this, but a better version of this story. I love the idea of people being on the run and having yes. to do what they have to do. It also reminds me of that video game show. Uh, the, is it The Last of Us or something? Oh, yeah. With, um, I don't know, I forget. Oh Pedro, God, Pedro yeah, Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. And I forget the, uh, and the girl's the name. And the girl from... Your favorite show, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I can't remember what her name is, but she's I, yeah. really talented. And um, that whole like on the run thing, I just find to be it's cool. The, the, the older survival. person on the run with the younger person. Yeah. Like, I, um, and the tension you feel, and the way yeah. that they survive, and what they have to go. I do like it. So it did. It also reminded me of that. So yeah, that's a good trope too. The the guy on the run with the kid can't trust anyone really. And that that girl in that game. No resources. Yeah, that that girl also has like a superpower in that this, show. And yeah, the sorta ish. The added wrinkle is like, yeah, she's like, you know, she zombie has zombie resistant or whatever. Yeah, yeah immunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I do like that, and I was comparing these things to this. I always do that. Or the Mandalorian is kind of like that too. Yeah, you're right. I do. I, you know, I love Pedro Pascal. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's kind of been like that's like an alternate version of the Last of Us. He always, always has a little buddy. Yeah, he always has a buddy, a little little friend. That's so true. <laughs> a Yoda, sorry, Grogu. Grogu is just so cute. <clears throat> love some Grogu. We have a little Grogu here. Where he's he? he's wearing sunglasses. <gasps> he is wearing sunglasses. There. He's next to uh, Gritty that's dressed Gr- as Santa. And I have a random dinosaur from somewhere. Wearing uh, like 3D movie glasses. Yes, because I'm very cool. You're so cool. I'm very quirky. All right, so at the end of the day, we think pretty good. Mm -hmm. Some problems, but pretty good book. Yeah. So. I don't know what's next. You did tell me, I think. uh, Unfortunately, I've never read this book. I heard it's not great. Oh, man. Um, It's called Roadwork. It's written under, I believe, a pseudonym. Uh, the a Bach, so it's a Bachman, Bachman book. Richard Bachman. Who knows? Maybe we'll like it. Maybe we'll have hot takes. Um, okay, it's only two hundred seventy-four pages. That's not too crazy. Yeah, that sounds pretty short. I think it's a revenge type story. Okay. So I love me some revenge stories. We like revenge. Yeah. Makes for a good, good. Uh, I like Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Come on. So I, I know very little about this book, really. Okay, besides, that's good, though. That. Then so you're going in like me. I'm, I'm kind of going in blind. Yeah. Um, just I just know some very surface-level stuff. So, But that'll be the next one. If, if anyone out there is reading along, Roadwork is next. So uh, I don't know, kind of winding down. G, do you got, got any final thoughts? Any Anything going on? Uh, is the... Re, is the Stephen King read going well? Or is yeah, it, I think is it it's a grind. It's kind of crazy that he had so many hits in a row. I mean, he probably could have retired just off of what he already did. He kind of still going. He kind of talked about that in the um, interview with Anthony Bresnikan, where when he was reading Firestarter, when he's reading, when he was writing Firestarter, he kind of like hit his stride. He was art. He was kind of living off of the books and probably yeah. some of the movie deals. So he said writing the book was really fun. It was this writing this book was just kind of pure fun for like him. less pressure to make the money to make a bestseller and yes. just enjoy the process. Yeah. Which is like probably what every writer dreams of. Yes. Which probably doesn't happen ever. Nearly as often. But it was probably rare back then and I have to imagine it's way more rare now. Especially so, uh, with all these people coming back in the day becoming famous after they die. 
Yeah. The book's becoming famous. And they, <laughs> it's like they don't even get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Yeah. So it's cool for him. He's gotten to write. I don't know how many books he's written, but... It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, a lot. Uh, we might be at 10% done. Maybe? I think we still have a, such a long way to go. We, we And we're also cheating. We haven't done any of the short story collections yet. I always said it. I don't know. It'd be tough to kind of discuss... I guess you could read a collection and just kind of give overall yeah. kind of thoughts. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe we could. That's true. Maybe we could circle back at some point. I don't know. Yeah. But um, all right. Well, this is a fun, fun reread. Got to talk some Stranger Things. Always love it. Some eighties, some uh, um, anxiety and suspicion <laughs> of the government. That's always fun. Always so, a fun time. Always good to chat about that. All right. You got you got anything else, dude? I think that's it. I th- that's about it. That's about it. That's about it. All right, everybody. We are uh, going to wish you many long days and pleasant nights. Bye, bye, bye. bye.